So how did it go, the experiment? <laughs> Very well, actually. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank John. John Glenn. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> So that's going to be the. We're going to carry on this with this format for some time. If it, if you find it uh, to your benefit, then we will continue. If it's not to your benefit, then we will stop. <laughs> okay. But I, I wanted it also to be an opportunity for, uh, for those who've been coming here for some time, to have an opportunity to review the 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 I guess the fun the fundamental uh, instructions and how do they review it they review it by sharing it with uh, with with, uh, with others okay All right so I've been mean, uh, uh, now with this new format what am I supposed to do now <laughs> what what I said in my in my email is that the, what we did is very basic is mm -hmm. to kind of bring people up to speed who aren't familiar because we always get two or three people every week who, who never meditated or, or never in this type of a traditional yeah. and so we didn't do the full preliminaries mm -hmm. you know we did some of the basics how to sit and then concentrating on the breath etc but we did not do the preliminaries so what I said is you come in and you do your own okay all right <laughs> okay it's good I'm glad, I'm glad you didn't rush it okay that's how I would like it to be. <laughs> okay, so a few words before we begin. Uh, I have to go back all the way to the very beginning when not yet Geshe Michael uh, started uh, a meditation class to sort of help the students be able to start putting into practice what what we were learning and I think he did it once and he couldn't do it the second time and he asked me to cover for him and, and, and you all know I'm still covering for him <laughs> uh, and uh, so the aim has always been to be to provide you with what you need so you can uh, put into find a, a, a way of putting into practical use the what you might call the the more scholastic more bookish kind of uh, learning okay the learning that you get even though the learning seems to be trying to making uh, making difference between what this color and that color said about this particular subject and it seems to be something completely re unrelated to pra practice but meditation helps you put everything into perspective okay uh, and also the only way for you to gain uh, any deep even a deep understanding of these topics that are that you that you learn 
from reading and from listening. The only way for you to actually, for them to be of use to you is to put them into your meditation. Without meditation, there's no way that they they you can be a great scholar. You can be able you you probably could be able to recite, you know, a lot of texts, a lot of make a lot of references to different scholars. They wrote this. They wrote that. This one said this about that. This one said that, that about this, and ne never meditate in your life. And you you can even go and teach. And but as far as being able to have a full appreciation of what of what all these things are you will not be able to get them until you actually do some meditation okay and i've been sort of doing my scholastic duty <laughs> and i've uh, going through some uh, i've been going through some uh, texts on mahamudra believe it or not that's what we're doing <laughs> we haven't left it yet uh and there are many uh, there are many traditions of mahamudra there are the traditions within traditions there's the um, our tradition gelugpa tradition which is really coming mainly from the kagyu tradition and you have the nyingma tradition you know all the different tibetan schools have their own particular kind of a tradition of uh, mahamudra and they have uh, and there's a unfortunately i was just reading through stuff I wish I had done the, th the thing that my teacher always tells me to do when you're reading a book. What's the first thing you do? Read the title. <laughs> In which you would do that, it would, we would, uh, okay, he's covering a topic, he just introduces it and he talks about the title for a very long time. And you think, he's, no, why is he spending so much time talking about the title? When you just get into the book already. And three days later, and we are deep into the book, and uh, he doesn't talk about the title anymore. He says, oh, by the way, what book are we <laughs> studying? Uh, <laughs> okay, so unfortunately, I'm, I have not been, I didn't take that too, too hard. But I read a book and I didn't read the title. <laughs> But it's a very good book, where the, the <laughs> and it's it's the Dalai Lama's it's a transcript from the Dalai Lama's teachings where he's talking about where he's sort of like uh, uh, putting in a, putting a, a syncretic perspective what seems to be different ideas about Mahamudra, and he says when you when you take Mahamudra from this particular perspective, then that's why this school talks about it that way. And when you take Mahamudra from that perspective, that's why this school has this particular explanation of Mahamudra. So, if you t if you take the perspective of talking about Mahamudra from looking at it, looking at it at uh, at the very end, then the way you talk about it will be different from someone who's taking it as from the perspective of this is where you start, so you can end up with Mahamudra. So, even uh, in both per perspective of means of practice, okay the means of eventually arriving at this thing called Mahamudra. Okay. So, um, it, as far as practicing is concerned, you have to take a particular perspective and then take it to where it's supposed to, to lead you. Uh, that's, and because of that, then it, there might be the impression that there's some sort of sectarianism going on. Because everyone, 
the different schools have very clear, distinct perspectives, and that's why they have the different approaches. And because they have different approaches, because this one is talking about it from the end, this one is talking about it from the middle, this one is talking about it from the beginning, and then so they have uh, these different approaches. If so, if you're trying to practice the one that starts from the uh, that has the uh, the end as the as the perspective for the practice, and the one that has the beginning as the perspective for the practice, and you're trying to combine them into one practice, then you're going to get confused. But as long as you understand, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't you know, stay away from uh, other uh, other readings. It just means that when you're reading something else and it seems to be completely different from what you uh, were reading from someone else, it's not, a, it's not a means for you to try to decipher who's wrong okay, and who's right. right. So if you can understand that, if you, even if you never under, uh, if you ever knew, if you didn't know exactly from what perspective this particular reading or this particular book on Mahamudra is coming from, but if you just have the idea in your mind, there are different perspectives of presenting this, and just keep your mind open, uh, so that at least your mind will not go into the mode of trying to decide is this wrong or is this right. Not that you shouldn't, you should be completely gullible or whatever somebody presents to you as Mahamudra, you should just take it as, as you know, some, some sort of a gospel truth or anything like that. Okay? Your common sense must, must be there also. But examine it from its own, try to, try to examine something from its own perspective to see according to its perspective is it right or is it wrong? Not according to your perspective. Okay. All right. Uh, so, the thing that combines all those different perspectives is meditation. <laughs> they all call they all call uh, meditations of Mahamudra. The meditations are arriving at Mahamudra, and some even refi- some even even refuse to call it meditation. Okay, but still, whatever they're calling, whatever they're calling it, it's meditation. <laughs> okay. So that's that's so there is this common thing that they all share. There is this state of mind that they all share. That they uh, that within that state of mind that they're doing some sort of work from some sort of perspective. Okay. So. This is really uh, a very long introduction to a very simple thing I'm about to say. Since it's so simple, I have to dress it up. <laughs> okay. To arrive at this final state, which is Mahamudra, uh, what you really need is to uh, have uh, a deep appreciation and a deep experience in meditation. You just need to bring your mind, bring your consciousness to a particular level of awareness, a particular level of consciousness that is completely, that is drastically different than your regular everyday consciousness. And within that state of mind, then you apply whatever you are asked to apply. Sometimes what you're apply you're asked to apply is to just open your mind and contemplate some sort of poetic phrase. Sometimes you're asked to do some sort of analysis. Sometimes you're asked to do something that seems to be a, a marriage of the two. Okay. And within that, only only when you take this 
poetic uh, 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 exercise or this analysis within this state of mind, which is drastically different than your regular everyday state of mind, will you have any kind of of an experience that can be said to be related to Mahamudra? Other than that, you're just it's the same thing as reading a book, the same thing as reading a newspaper. Okay. Afterwards, you can tell your friends, tell somebody else what you read, but it will, not, it will not be something that will bring about a transformation in your being. Okay, once you arrive at this thing called Mahamudra, simultaneously, without you trying to bring about a transformation, a transformation will start to take place. Okay, there has to be a transformation. That's the that's the uh, main reason there is this thing called Mahamudra in the first place. And that's the sign, or that's the the mark of distinction that tells you whether or not you're doing something that is worthy of doing. Okay, there has to be some sort of transformation taking place. Okay, so some traditions make you spend. a number of, can't say a number of years, but they, you, you spend quite a number of, t- uh, quite some time doing what you, what they call getting rid of what you don't need, and then getting some merit, purifying your mind and collecting merit, and then you do it aggressively, not just once in a while. Uh, oh, it's uh, it's it's eleven o'clock. I, I, didn't, I don't think I did any merit today. Okay, what can I do now? Okay? But aggressively throughout the day, your mind must be in merit mode. Okay? And throughout the day, your mind must be in, in, uh, in uh, purification mode. Okay? And whenever, whenever you experience, whenever you have a bad experience, it should, it should be for you uh, a cue to do some purification. Don't let, it be some, don't let it be a cue for you to become depressed. Oh, me, I'm bad. Look at this, what's happening to me. Oh, let that be. Even call it, um, uh, say that uh, your lama, your hot guru is telling you, hey, do some purification now. Okay? And when you're having some, uh, uh, a nice experience, don't, don't just, you know, become a, become a glutton. <laughs> you're supposed become a glutton and just, you know, enjoy it. See it as, ah, I have to do some merit. That's that, that, that's a that's a, a, a what you call that an alarm. That's a a reminder to do to, to collect merit. Okay, so no matter what's going on in your life throughout the day, you should be collecting merit. You should be purifying yourself. Uh, some schools give you specific. Uh, 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 Numbers to accumulate before you before before you can be said okay now you're you're somewhat prepared now I'm gonna teach you what to do in order to be when you're gonna start to meditate and some schools uh, after you do that then they teach you how to meditate and they don't they they don't they teach you anything about Mahamudra other than in the beginning they say oh yeah, I'm gonna teach you Mahamudra and then 12 years later you don't really hear anything about Mahamudra. It's just purify yourself, collect merit, purify yourself, collect merit, and then at one point they say, okay, now get your mind into that state which is drastically different than your everyday mind. Okay? Because if 
like unfortunately most of us we jump into going into Mahamudra oh this is Mahamudra and it sounds so poetic so beautiful so wonderful and then th there is you have you, you will develop two, uh, three kinds of uh, attitude towards that oh it's beautiful it's wonderful and then well, I think I, I got it and your mind will not try to do anything okay I, I got it no I, I was told and the second one, the second one is, uh, I got it, but psh, what is this transformation you're talking about? I understand it perfectly. Uh, this, this, this thing is not, not for me. It's, not, it's, it's nonsense. And the third one, if that, that was the approach, then it should be, uh, it's like you, you have a picture. Probably, probably a lot of people used to do that when you were teenagers. Uh, you want something, you have a picture of it in your room, and every day you're looking at it, so, so that every day you sort of uh, make yourself work towards getting that. So it could be for you a means for you to have a goal so you can keep, looking, keep, keep going after it. Okay? So that would be the, the, the ideal one. Okay. So you all have to be in the ideal one because you know, unfortunately you've all been told what Mahamudra is. <laughs> okay. So the other, the the uh, the more traditional way is to, because Mahamudra, the experience, the object that that fills your mind, that is that is uh, defined, that makes the experience defined as Mahamudra, is perfectly uh, uh, presented in the in the beginning of the Hot Sutra the, the praise uh, the, 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 the adoration pr uh, 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 paragraph in the beginning where it says ma sam jame sheram parochin ma unspeakable sam unthinkable je un indescribable this is what this is what the perfection of wisdom is so here's this thing that is indescribable you cannot talk about it, and you cannot even your mind cannot even uh, conceptualize it. It's not something that you can uh, your your concepts cannot fully hold it. And then, I'm someone is supposed to talk to you about it. Okay, so just trying to explain the state of Mahamudra is itself a problem because you end up confusing yourself. So the best thing to do, <laughs> so don't worry too much about fully understanding what Mahamudra is, but rather try to get your mind into that state, that drastically different state, different than your regular state of mind. Then when you're in that state, all you have to do is just look. Did I say that before a long time ago? <laughs> all you have to do is just look. Look at reality. Whatever is appearing to your mind, what, even the state of the experience itself can become something to look at. And you look at it within that state of mind. Then you can have experiences, glimpses of Mahamudra. Okay? Uh, there's one, uh, one uh, uh, writer, uh, uh, a yogi, who, who was talking about Mahamudra, and then there's a no, 
he's, no, it's a book talking about Mahamudra, right? <laughs> and then this list of, of uh, attributes of Mahamudra. Oh, you cannot understand it. You cannot write about it. Uh, it's something that scholars can, can know. It's not, so, it's, not so, it's not this, it's not this, it's not this. And he's writing about it. So what he, and I think he said, what, 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 what was he talking about? He was talking about Mahamudra. <laughs> okay. So, What is no? Or in a sense, whatever you are told, Mahamudra is Mahamudra. That is not Mahamudra. Did you read that book? Actually, I think you you said that in there. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And because of all this mystical, mysterious explanations of Mahamudra, then people can you know sort of throw out whatever they want to to say. Oh, that was Mahamudra. Okay. But. It's just this, this, it's, it's this, within this very s- subtle state of mind, there is this experience that you get that is non-conceptual. Because it is non-conceptual, anything that deals with con- concepts cannot, talk, cannot express it, inexpressible, okay? It's not that it's... it's, it's a blank state of mind that uh, it's, like, it's not like it's a blank state of mind, it's a nothing experience. It's just that the experience itself is beyond concepts. So concepts cannot describe it. Okay? Uh, all right. Now get ready. <laughs> So what is Mahamudra? So your mind is set. You're about to. You're setting yourself up to enter an experience. You're going to take the mind as it is. Try to see it as it is, both in a relative way, that is what is philosophically referred to as its uh, now the Tibetan is stuck in my head, I can't come up with English. Uh, I guess the term what's, what's the another term for relative more the more interdependent 
Yeah. No, that is no. In contrast, ultimate and conventional. conventional. Thank you. Yeah, conventional. So you are going to set yourself. What are you going to do? You're going to have a, per- a perception, an experience of the mind in its, of its in its conventional nature, and you're going to take that so you can uh, let it lead you to the mind's ultimate nature. So that's the, that's the main thing of the meditation. And you want to see this conventional nature in a heightened state of, uh, uh, of awareness or in a subtle state of awareness. And of course, since you're all bodhisattvas, that's your motivation for doing anything. So you set up, so set up your motivation, be clear about what you're going to do. you are going to do it. your body if you're of the personality of asking or tell your body if you're the personality where it's best for you to tell your body what you're going to do why you're going to do it and let the body respond Placing the body or allowing the body to find the posture where it is cooperating and how do you know remember the signs the sense of ease the body itself in its own way is entering a meditative state. And you experience it as a physical sense of ease, physical sense of tranquility. And you, and as you continue to observe the body Listen to to uh, insights coming from the body. Ask, telling you to arrange the body this way, arrange that part that way. And as you do so, the sense of ease 
should go deeper and deeper. And continue with this until you reach a plateau in the sense of ease, where it doesn't seem to be going any deeper. And there's no more insight coming from the body as to adjustments that needs to be made. either on top of the sense of ease or the sense of ease itself may have may have transformed where there's a different sense of the body in the same space where you were feeling body before something that you may call an awareness of a of an energetic field whatever term you want to use for it. So there's a, an awareness that is fading and an awareness that is increasing. And as the awareness that is increasing continues to increase the sense of ease gets deeper more pronounced so you're not doing anything to force this to happen so continue to do exactly what you're doing that is that has somehow initiated this so you don't have to worry about making it deeper, making it stronger. And at some point, it begins to have a definite reaction on the breath. So without completely losing the awareness of the sense of ease, the body as an energetic field, but keeping it somewhere in the background of the mind. And now bring your attention mostly to the breath. And you're not trying to make anything happen with the breath either. You're just watching it. The only thing that you can say that you are doing is holding on to your intentions, your motivation. What are you going to do? Why are you going to do it?
slowly you're going to introduce more conscious participation a more conscious doing so the first con- the second conscious doing is to s- try to keep the flow of your awareness on the breath unbroken that is you are aware of the breath the outbreath as it begins you're aware of it as it continues you're aware of it when it comes to an end and the in-breath begins and you're always staying with the in-breath as it continues and you stay with it when it comes to an end and again transforms to out-breath so you want the flow of your awareness to remain with the cycle unbroken and all you have to do is just hold on to that intention and it doesn't mean that there's nothing else present in your mind there may be a million things other things present in your mind but you are aware of that one thing among these million things the flow of the breath and as you are holding on to your intention to keep the flow of your awareness on the breath unbroken don't forget that part of your mind that is watching the sense of ease watching its progress watching its depth after you feel a sense of stability or confidence in being able to keep the flow keep your mind uh, on the breath in an unbroken flow of awareness now make a decision to keep this flow watching 11 cycles of breath
now try to remain where you've arrived. Be aware of whatever perception is present. If you're still aware of the body, how does the body, how is, how are you perceiving the body? If you're still aware of the breath, how are you aware of the breath? What perception of the breath is present? But most important, there must be a palpable sense of awareness of the mind. And you should not proceed further until there is a palpable sense of the perception of the mind. Now take note that this subtle object of your awareness, the subtle sense of the body, the subtle sense of the breath, subtle sense of the mind, all that just arose. You don't have to mix anything together. So keep that in mind. So try to deliberately move your mind without disturbing the state within which you have arrived. And in fact have the intention that now when your mind moves it will enhance the state you're in right now. Now the deliberate movement of the mind begins with again recall your motivation what are you doing? Why are you doing it? Bring your attention to the space in front of you. Let yourself know that you are going to achieve your objective. Since you are not in that achievement yet, so something, some phenomena, something, some person that can be described as a guide will lead you there. So the guide that takes you there infallibly, unmistakably, that is your heart teacher. 
and just continue to think on that while you're focusing in that space. And this deliberate thinking is not disturbing the state of the sense of tranquility you're experiencing. It's actually enhancing it. If it is disturbing it, then stop the deliberate thinking. Just go back to just feeling the mind, the breath, and the body. And remind yourself you're not making anything. You're just allowing things to be. So, in the same way, there are palpable signs that you took as a indication to move to a something else, to a different perception, or to add something. So you're looking now for a palpable sign of a presence that you can ascribe as your infallible guide. It may not necessarily be the way you physically feel the presence of someone else, but it could also be that. It could just be just a clear concept has with it some measure of a conviction that you are right now in the presence of what or whom can infallibly guide you to achieve the objective of your aspirations. find that measure of confidence, measure of conviction, and holding on to it, now strengthen that conviction now by relating with this sense of presence. In the same physical way that you would show reverence to someone whom you admire, now you have high reverence for, now show your reverence to this presence. So that the part of your mind that has the conviction will grow stronger. And a part of your mind that tells you you're just making things up will grow weaker. Entrust yourself, take refuge. And don't let taking refuge be merely saying the words, but think of actual refuge. In what practical, meaningful way would you need refuge right now as you sit in this place meditating?
and finding again that conviction that definitely you've made contact, you're connected to what is for you the infallible means to achieve your goal. As if you are seeing the goal already, from that perspective, express in your own genuine way your gratitude. Remember, these experiences that were just arising without you having to do anything, that is, without you having to bring this and that together and mix them up for the experiences to arise. So the experience of Mahamudra is to be experienced in the same way. So why aren't you experiencing it now? So some part of you is holding you back. Now have a strong determination for you to be free of this part of your mind. Somehow, in some part of your life, you convince yourself that you needed this obstacle. So whatever you may have done to create this obstacle, regret it as strongly as you can. and have a strong determination to be free of whatever it is that your mind is holding onto that is keeping you back, keeping you from experiencing Mahamudra. So apply the four powers here with that determination. Determine to rid yourself of what's what you are holding on to, what is obstructing you from within, and stronger, strong, equally strong determination 
to take on whatever you need to take on so you can have this experience to help you with the strength of this, these two determinations take refuge Although the determination is very energetic, still it's not disturbing the degree of tranquility that you, within which you arrived. Instead, it's either stabilizing it or even enhancing it further. Now forget about yourself. Think of others who are also being held back, lacking certain attributes, certain qualities. and that the energy, the momentum you've built up, that it'd be picked up by your compassion. And here you can make prayers for them. And the very action of reciting these prayers deepens your experience.
Now again, recall specifically the meditation. Feel the momentum that you've gathered so far and direct all this momentum toward the meditation through dedication. Now before you do the next part, maybe you can recall it every time. It is said that the experience of Mahamudra can be gained by those who've done the hard work, the hard practice of devotion. Just through that practice itself, one can gain the experience of Mahamudra. So if you've done a lot of work in that area, summon your devotion to your infallible guide in front of you. Bring that presence to the crown of your head. Focus on that devotion. And whatever it is that you need to be free of so you can have this experience, may you be free of it. Whatever your mind is holding on to that is preventing you from experiencing Mahamudra, may you have the ability, the strength to let it go. And whatever power, whatever... provisions you need to make sure the Mahamudra experience takes place may come to heaven and with your devotion depend on the infallible guru above your head the infallible guru is the experience of Mahamudra itself Strengthening your devotion. some point when you can no longer make the devotion any stronger and beg that the infallible guide become inseparable with your mind 
see and feel the infallible guide descend through the crown of your head and through the strength of your devotion know that what is about to enter your mind is the very experience you're seeking You can continue to just stay with this, feel the presence of the infallible guide above your head, strengthen your devotion and your conviction that the actual Mahamudra experience is above your head, in your infallible guide's mind, and it's about to be transmitted to your mind. And you see and feel that presence enter your heart center and there your mind becomes inseparable with the mind and the experience of Mahamudra. Keep, if you want, you could just stay with that. If you're of the uh, practitioner who has done a lot of work with devotion. If not, then you can stay continue from the sense or the idea your infallible guide became one with your mind and the same attitude you're going to let an experience arise you're not going to create it and you're going to look for the first the conventional nature of the mind And the very perception of the conventional nature of the mind is itself a meditative experience. So all those qualities you are feeling, you are aware of from the very beginning, the sense of ease, the sense of tranquility, the sense of clarity, all these becomes intense
So your practice here is really no practice. It's just various stages of letting go. Let go of expectations of what this is supposed to be. Let go of trying to create experience. Let go of passing judgment on experiences that arise. and staying keenly aware what's happening to clarity what's happening to tranquility ease as you continue to simply let go watching just for the sake of watching but you have the attitude of watching for the sake of watching so experiences will not be shy to arise but still you're looking for a particular experience to arise without the sense of impatience that accompanies waiting.
now there is this beautiful space that you have entered this experience now fill it with thoughts of not just thoughts but actual emotions of compassion actual sense of connection through love let your mind bring there your genuine sense of concern and let that genuine sense of concern bring up a sense of compassion a sense of love and let it fill that space Take a little moment to just look at the state. If there is a perception of the body, in what way are you perceiving the body? If there is a perception of breath, exactly what object are you calling breath? What experience are you calling mind? Remember your ultimate goal and dedicate the merits of this practice. If you completely lost awareness of the breath, Deliberately bring your awareness back to the breath. And through the awareness of the breath, in whatever way you were aware or not aware of the body, deliberately bring awareness of the body again. Now I hope that you had 
some sort of an experience where you where you where you can say to yourself, I think I was experiencing something. And if he wasn't talking so much, I think I would have been able to go deeper into it. <laughs> okay. If that's good, if that's what's going on, I'm, I'm very happy. Then I'm not going to be talking when you sit home. Maybe. <laughs> when you're at home doing this. <laughs> okay, then you can go deeper. Okay. And whatever experience wants to, or that wants to come up, let it come up. Don't pass judgment on it. Okay. If the breath wants to stop, let it stop. Don't get panicky. Don't say, wait a minute, I have to breathe in order to live. If I don't breathe, I'm going to die. And then make this into an anxiety attack instead of a beautiful experience. Okay. If the breath wants to stop, eh, <coughs> let it stop. Uh, and if you are just in the experience of the breath wants to stop, but the breath hasn't stopped, that's just, an, just another experience. I'm the experience of the breath wants to stop, but the breath hasn't stopped. So don't try to make the breath stop so you can get out of that experience. And don't try to force yourself to breathe harder so you can get out of that experience. Okay, whatever arises, whatever arises, let it, let it be. Okay? And what I said, uh, if you are still aware of the body, if you are aware that you are no longer aware of the body, don't get panicky. Don't think, oh my God, I lost my body. Where am I going to find it? That's the experience. Just stay with it. Uh, one important thing I have to tell you. Uh, so with all these experiences coming up, there is this, uh, suddenly there will be, there should be this experience where all those things that you're experiencing with, with the sense of ease, the sense of clarity, become like, The only thing that exists, just clarity and just that ease. Okay? That's all that exists. And you're able to see, oh, that's all that exists right now. Just clarity and ease. Uh, then you have found the first object you were looking for. What was that? Conception. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, you don't go looking for it by, you know, uh, make uh, gain yourself tired. You actually sit down and let it come to you. Okay. And if you find yourself not, uh, if, you, if you, eh, when you're in the experience of oh, the mind, I, I don't see the mind, it's because you're you're running after it. That should that should that should tell you sit down. You're not you you're not uh, you're not relaxing. You're not relaxed. You're not you're not uh, letting go. Okay. Just go back to that. Uh, then, of course, when that comes up and that becomes the new uh, foundation, the new, the new platform to do your next work. That's not the end of the work, even though it's going to be very, very profound, it's going to be very beautiful. That's not the end of your work. That's just what you are waiting for so you can start doing the other work. Okay? Alright? Say yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay? Alright, uh, I think that's it. Yeah, that's it, yeah.
Okay, thank you.